That was suspenseful. That was a suspenseful build. Now, I wonder what this episode's about. Couldn't tell you. So is is that okay? Well, if you can't tell by the theme music, this episode is one of our uh, or by the title or by the title when we post the episode. This is one of our themed episodes, and the theme is Jaws, Jaws, uh, the Steven Spielberg classic and the not so classic sequels. Yeah, right. That's right. Uh, okay, so you play that theme music. Yeah. John Williams. Yeah. It's maybe. It's well. It's definitely one of the most recognizable themes of all time. Yes, but I think it might be one of the ones where you only need really like two notes. The whole thing to is know like what three it is. notes. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I, I can't think of other theme music where all you need to hear is like da da. Like you that's know it. immediately that's yeah. Jaws. That's it. I can't think of any other theme music where you just need two quick notes, and you know exactly what it's going to be. There probably aren't any. There probably aren't any. I'm I mean, thinking like Raiders, the theme, you yeah. need a little bit more than two. As Jurassic the story Park, goes, he was showing Spielberg on the piano yeah. the theme, and you know that just sounded like, doon, doon, you know, yeah. probably on the, and Spielberg was like, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. I don't. But it's Sean Williams. Sean so Williams. It's going to work. I'll have an orchestra. Yeah. I'll make this work. This will work. Um, and it totally did work. Yeah. It's so, fantastic. We just had Shark Week a little bit ago. The uh, Meg movie just came out. The Meg. Blaze gave you the got, get, hooked you up with his Jaws I figures. I had the Jaws figures. It's like a rolling theme of, of shark stuff. Yeah, so. I don't think without Jaws, without Jaws, we probably would not be having Shark Week. Oh, I don't think we would. And yeah. the Meg wouldn't exist. The Meg wouldn't exist. Sharknado and wouldn't exist. Sharknado or Sharknado three or oh, Sharknado no. five or whatever it's up to. Or Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea. Uh, All of those movies are made primarily from the because success of, of Jaws. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So A shark's tail. A shark's tail. Isn't that a movie? Yeah, it is. A shark yeah. tail? Yeah. Something like that? Shark's yeah. tail, I think. Shark's tails. Finding Nemo. Uh, those little um, fruit snacks that were sharks. Remember those? Yeah, shark snacks. Were, or, I don't remember what they were called. I think they were... But they were sharks. You could get the great white in there. You could. And there was like the hammerhead shark yeah. and the... Yeah, you, those would not exist. Hammerhead, hammerhead sharks wouldn't exist. They I wouldn't exist. No, I meant the fruit snacks, but hammerhead <laughs> sharks as well. They would be extinct by now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something, uh, Jabberjaw. He probably wouldn't exist. <laughs> I think he may be Jabberjaw was before Jaws. Trapjaw? Trapjaw wouldn't exist. <laughs> Jaws from the James Bond movies wouldn't exist. Wouldn't exist. Without Jaws. James Bond wouldn't exist. Yeah. Wouldn't for Jaws. Yeah. Um, it really, everything comes down There's to a it. a lot of stuff. It's because of Jaws. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, well, let's start with the original film. Absolutely. 1975, was it? Uh, I think so. I uh, 76? 75. I think it was 75. Okay. I didn't even know. It I seems like we out. should have looked that up beforehand. But I'm going to look it up right now. You missed the obvious thing. This is one of my favorite films. This um, is Blaze's favorite film. Really? Yeah. June 20th, 1975. Okay. Yeah. It's in my top 10. Easily in my top ten, possibly in my top five Whoa. of all time. I think this is one of the ones that made it on when years ago when you and Joe and I did our list of ten perfect films. Mm. Pretty sure Jaws was one of the ones that was on all three lists. It must have been. I'm pretty sure it was. If it wasn't, that was stupid if it of wasn't, one of then us. We were all dumb. Yeah, we were young and we uh, were immature yeah. and stupid. If it wasn't on all three lists, yeah. uh, because it is perfect. This movie is perfect. It, yeah, it really, um, it really, really holds up. Like it's as good watching it today and having seen it so many times yeah. as it was the first time I saw it. Yeah. Um, direction, directing's great. Effects are great. Uh, cinematography's great. Acting's great. Everything about it is just the perfect package. The story the is great. The story, story is, great. is compelling. It really is a great, great movie on so many levels. And it's not just like a horror movie. Like it's not just like a, a scare you terror movie. You really feel for all the characters throughout the film. Well, too. that's what I was going to say about it. Was that it's um it's not it's labeled a horror movie it is. a lot. Yeah, it's and it's definitely a, a perfect template for how to make a horror movie. Yes, but it's not a horror movie. Yeah. I mean, to me, when I watch it, it's it's about a small town sheriff who happens to be on a beach town. It's about an old sailor yep. who's a shark hunter and a young. Uh, brash, um, I can't, I don't know. It's, he's a, uh, he's kind of a, he's from, 
like prove himself. Yeah, he's from college you know? and he's into you know um, shark anatomy and facts and things like that. And and it's it's really just a story about these three guys and what this town goes through. And it's about the aesthetic of the town yeah. and the boats and you know just all the things that go along with it, the harpoons and the rigging and it's 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 just a it's such an enjoyable movie like the, totally the, the theme of it is not enjoyable it's scary right yeah it's oh short, yeah but there's so much good going in it that it's like i can't if i see a, if i catch it on tv it's, can't been, help but watch it's it. been on tv a lot and i'll always flip to it and amy's like ah oh, jaws again i'm like it's on yeah jaws again i yeah exactly i'm just gonna you see what be saying thank you right now <laughs> i'm just gonna see, jaws again I'm just gonna see where it is yeah. in the movie. i'll have to watch it um it's so, it's just so good. It it's, really is. Um, and as we've said on here before, and as everybody probably already knows, it came out of complications. Yeah. That's why it's so good. It, it, yeah. Had it, everything worked yeah. the way it should have worked in the movie, you wouldn't have as good of a movie. I don't think. Yeah. Like if the shark worked all the time and we would have seen the shark all the time in the movie, instead of mm. building the suspense of not seeing the shark and having to film certain things, certain ways. I don't think it would have worked as well because the suspense in the film is like, it's one of the most suspenseful films of all time. Yeah. It's just, you're like, Oh man, that shark is there. It's building and the music's building and the way they're showing. And it's like, Oh man, I can't wait to see the shark. Mm -hmm. Like I want to see this, the shark. When you finally do see the shark, it's like, Oh my gosh. When that first it's incredible, when that first lady gets pulled under, yeah, um, and you never see the shark, right? So they didn't have the shark wasn't working. They yeah, had to figure it out. So they had guys tugging on pulleys, pulling her both ways, and then pulling her under. And, and that was way better than seeing the shark. Oh, it's so scary. And, and all the I mean, the camera views under the water, yeah, the, of the shark's POV. You know that is scarier than had you just had this effect where the the sharks coming out of the water, as you see in later Jaws films, where they do show yeah. the shark a lot coming out of the, the water and um, where you could. It did the minimalist stuff that Steven Spielberg was forced to do because it wasn't working works so much better. Yeah. Um, like even that one shot where uh, it's the, the shark has made it into the pond mm -hmm. and it's like one of the first major shots and it's under the water and it's kind of coming up on the guy. It is so frightening. Yeah. It is so scary looking and it's not even a full shot of, of the shark. Like you don't even see it. It's under the water it's like almost just the silhouette of the shark. And it's terrifying. Yeah. It's so scary looking. And it's because stuff didn't work. The whole, this is a fascinating, the, the movie is great. The story of making the movie is fascinating. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a, a document, there's at least one documentary, but it's, um, it's on YouTube. You can go look at it if you yeah. don't have it on DVD. But um, so from, from day one, it was like this movie was cursed to not work. It was destined yeah. to not work. They went, I mean, they didn't, they, they didn't have a script. They were getting ready to shoot. Didn't have a, a, a good final script. Yeah. They were working on that to the last minute. They didn't have actors. They didn't have any of the act. They didn't have any of the lead actors uh, going up to it. It winds up going like three times their production schedule of uh, $10 million over budget yeah. on a $4 million picture. Nothing was supposed to, uh, this wasn't supposed to work. Yeah. They were filming on, uh, on the water, which nobody had done up to that point and filmed completely on water. And they found out why. Cause yeah. Cause it doesn't work. A lot of trouble, yeah. <laughs> a lot of trouble setting up shots, a lot of trouble with the salt water was messing with the electronics on the shark. Um, and that's one of the main reasons Steven Spielberg didn't return for sequel is because he thought of, uh, for, uh, I mean, the story thing was, uh, I mean, the story of the second film, the plot, everything was one major part of it. But another part was because he, he thinks he would think back on how horrible it was yeah. filming on the water and he never wanted to do it again. Like it was, yeah. it was abhorrent to him. He was to 27 directing this, can which you, is crazy. Can you think about taking that on at 27? I can't imagine it. We were, we couldn't even make a top 10 list of perfect movies and put jaws on it at 27. That's right. How would we make an entire movie? We, we could have made a whole movie of jaws. Could have done it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the, the film itself, like filming there, and Martha's Vineyard, a lot of people in the movie aren't actors. Like it's a lot of yeah. just the people that were there yeah. and they just became part of the movie because it was it's almost like this small town effort of making the movie and creating something that was just complete magic. A lot of people were annoyed 
by the way, yeah. uh, with the inconvenience of having a movie crew there and everything in the small town. But uh, I think everybody came around. I mean, that's, I what, so that's what they have going for them. No, yeah, that's it. Mainly. Um, so let's... You want to get into the story, or you want to talk about the characters a little bit, or? Well, uh, I mean, it's it's up to you, man. I, I think I kind of go hand in hand. Okay, so the story. Um, it's it's the story is about the characters. So, well, the the small town, it's it's that that crazy thing comes to small town, yeah, type of. Thing. Where, I mean, that's a that's a continuing theme in a lot of films. Sure. Uh, this one probably does it better than any other film where the crazy thing comes to the small town and regular small town people have to step up and confront the crazy yeah. thing that's, that's occurring to the small town. So the small town people that ordinarily wouldn't be able to do these certain things are now the ones that are the heroes of the film. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's a good one comparison that's been made constantly is Duel, Steven Spielberg's yeah. earlier film that he is a made for TV movie, I think, uh, where it's a giant truck, giant semi-truck yeah. is chasing this guy. If you haven't watched Duel... I recommend watching it. It's obviously low budget, but it's just, you're just following this one guy and almost all of the dialogue is not it's inner monologue in his head. Beautiful, but it's the same, very similar concept. And I think that's why he thought it is. Could do it. It's exactly why. Cause he, when he read the script, he's like, wow, this is a, like what I just did duel. Yeah. They both have four letters on the, the name. It's both about this Leviathan thing. I, I think I could do this. Yeah. So had he not done duel, he probably would not have done jaws. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be, and that mindset of, of I can do this thing because it's like this. You wouldn't be thinking about how horrible of a effort this would be because when they bought the rights to Jaws, when Zanuck and I can't the other producer's name, when they bought the rights to Jaws, it was just because it was such a great story, and they weren't even thinking ahead of time like, how in the world are we going to make a movie about a shark doing these things? Yeah, that's impossible. Like it's it's impossible to even imagine at that time, especially before CGI of having it realistically be yeah. a shark that you control and do these things. Yeah. So we, we haven't mentioned it's, I mean, this movie is based on Peter Benchley's novel yeah. of the same name. And it was like number one, it was a number one seller at the it time. It was his it's, first book too, wasn't it? it? I, that I don't know. I think it was his first book. But the studios were scrambling to get it underway be, to, to capitalize on that popularity. Um, but let's talk about small town heroes, Roy Schneider as yes. Brody. As Martin Brody. Um, the other, the other two characters really take the cake, and they're my favorite. But this is his character is the hinge pin of, the, really of, of the whole thing, and He's I the think, definition of an everyman. And I think it was an important casting decision. I think uh, they said Charlton Heston wanted to be in the movie. Would not have worked. No, as well. I think he wanted to be Brody. I could be wrong about that. He was kind of older at the time. Yeah, um, but you can't. Like seeing Charlton Heston, it's like okay, well he's going to save the day. Well, that's what yeah, that's what Spielberg said. He said you're yeah. you're bigger than the shark. Yeah, you that's, can't do this. You can't do it. Um, you can't play an everyman. And he didn't anymore. know who was going to do it, and he was at a party, fretting about this, and he was, and Roy Scheider comes up to him and is like, "There's Steven Spielberg at, the, at a at a party." Steven Spielballs. Steven Spielballs is at a party, and and Roy Scheider comes up to him and is like, "Hey, what's what's going on, pal? You know what's wrong?" They didn't know each other really, but um. You know, Spielberg just starts, he just spills about all this, this trouble with already with this movie that he's got to do. He spilled the beans. He spilled the beans. (laughs) He spilled the balls. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. And um, he's like, I can't find any actors to play my parts. And Roy Scheider's like, I'm an actor. I'd like to be in the movie. What about me? Yeah. And that was that. And, and he really does display this vulnerability. Uh, He plays plays a a sheriff who's moved to this small town who doesn't like water which is perfect it's perfect and i've seen it i've this is i mean this is a good storytelling device okay but in a lot of ways i've seen a lot of other movies they don't quite hide it as well you know what i mean it's like she's got a thing against water and Mm -hmm. she's chosen to be in an underwater lab she's gonna be it's it's, it's so this is is the one that's completely against fire and they're a firefighter right it's so it's so direct but on this it's like He's just moved to this small island. It's a good gig. There's not a lot of crime. Yeah, he mentions how he couldn't do a lot there, but yeah. he's going to be well, on. Man can do a lot here. He's going to be on know? land, yeah, for most of the time. And there's um, there's one part in the movie where he's he thinks he's seeing a shark, and he's he's kind of moving around. His body's moving around like he doesn't want to even go. He doesn't want to approach the water. Yeah, and it's just just body language, and it, he's so good. It's so good. 
he, so good. He, and he carries that. I mean, we're, I don't want to spend too much time on Jaws 2 before we get to Jaws 2, but he carries that forward in the next film, yeah. too, where it's his, his, he, you've seen how he's gone through the first film and how he's evolved and what he takes with him yeah. from the first film into the second film. Yeah. Um, it's just, man. And he plays being drunk better than like any actor I can imagine. Yeah. His ability to, I really bought that. I don't know if he really was or not. He might've been, but there were so many scenes where he's drinking and it's his behavior is comes across as somebody that's inebriated and, but not to the point where you're play acting like I'm so drunk. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it's put on. It's just like, it's like really perfect. And I hate keeping using that word, but it is like the scene where he's at dinner and he's just had, you know, the, the day where, They've captured this shark, and Hooper's told him basically that's not the shark. And he's been told that you know, the beaches have to stay open and all this stuff. And he's at home, and he's with the kid, with Sean, his mm-hmm. youngest son. And they're doing this thing back and forth where they're doing these hand movements, and then he asks him for a kiss because he needs it. Um, and he's drinking, and Hooper shows up. And that whole time, it's like you can, it's the, he's got this slight buzz to him where he's been, he's sad, and he's drinking his troubles away. Yeah. And if that's acting, that's incredible because it really felt like this dude has had a hard, horrible day and he's cut it by drinking. Yeah. And this is where he's at now. Um, and I can't imagine that was just like that he got drunk for the scene because you would have to do the scene over and over again. And he nails it, man. It's yeah. like, dang, man, Roy Scheider, he's, like you were saying, the other two kind of are the, the the shining things in the movie because they're the easy ones to they're the easy ones to, to latch on to, but especially Quint. But rewatching it, Brody, man, he's he's moved up for me as I've gotten older because yeah. it's always been Quint. Yeah, has been the one, but Brody's great. Brody is great, and he has to be uh, the straight man, so to speak. Yeah, I mean he's he's very very relatable. I think I would be in the same situation. Um, I'm not as afraid of boats, probably, but yeah. Giant killer shark. Terrified. You want me to go on that boat? I don't no, it's all right. That's no, why we're paying you to do it. Yeah, you I'm go not going. I'm not going. I'm gonna stay here. And I'm, when they're I'm they're comparing the, the scars, and he's kind of looking down at like appendix <laughs> scar, whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't want to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can see what's going through his head and thinking of yourself in that situation. It's like, not as tough. You want to get in <laughs> on it, but you don't have anything that's like you really have much. It's cool as there. <laughs> That's something he didn't even, even mention. He just looks at it. He puts his shirt back down. <laughs> that's something else I want to mention about this movie is the humor that's inserted into it. So effortlessly. Yeah. It seems, um, there's levity in all the right spots. It's, it's a very serious subject matter. Once again, there's a lot of tense moments and there's mm-hmm. some jump scares and the, the best jump scare of all time. I think so. And, um, just, just, the humor that's inserted is like realistic and real. And a lot of that comes from Hooper. Yeah. Um, but moments like that where it's like, and it's, and, and, it's and it's shortly after that, that it gets real serious. Oh yeah. And you're not, you're not thinking like, well, something is out of place here. It's all in place. And yeah. It all is timed just right. So I just want to mention the humor. Totally. It's, it's weaved in perfectly. Like when uh, Ellen and Martin are sitting there and he's, He's told her that, you know, that he wants them to not go out in the water. He doesn't want the kids to go out in the water. Um, he's scared of the shark type thing. He's looking at, and she, he's got the books there on sharks. And she's kind of telling him, well, I'll let him go out in the boat or something to that effect. Yeah. And then she sees the picture of the shark and on at the attacking the boat. And she was like, get that boat out of the water. <laughs> just like a mom. It's very yeah. funny. Uh, yeah. Like it's a very comical moment, but it's not overplayed. It's just kind of subtly put in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, and like you were saying, it, it'll change on on the dime. Like it, that scene where they're comparing the scars, and they've become like these three friends. And then shortly thereafter, Quint is destroying the radio and like basically cursing these two other guys to have this battle to the death with him, yeah. like to, you know, to confront this thing with him and without any help. Like yeah. it's he's made the decision that they're now with him and they're going to do this thing. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, to go from the comedic kind of all having this fun. And then also the Indianapolis speech right after the comparing yeah. of the scars. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it just it goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And it's just played perfectly at every moment. I can't think of a scene that's a misstep in the movie where it's like, ah, you didn't really need that. I, I can't either really. Um, so uh, Hooper, 
It's played by Richard Dreyfuss. Um, he's he's the nerd, and once again, you you want Quint, and then there's Brody, who is the everyman, but he yep. does have a gun. Yep. And then there's the guy with glasses, the geek with glasses in mm-hmm. the middle. And uh, when I was younger, I don't remember. I don't remember having. I don't remember having a reaction to him much at all. But he has become one of my favorite. I mean, he's on equal footing with the other two as yeah. far as a favorite character. He um, he is a young guy. He is just a school boy, sort of. But he also has some practical knowledge. He has some hero moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the one that gets in the cage. Yeah, and, at the end. Um, down you have on, better suggestions? Down underwater. Yeah. He uh, when he uh, Quint challenged him to tie a sheep shank knot, I think, or something. Some not. Yeah. And he starts doing, he you can it. tell that he actually has some yeah. maritime knowledge. Um, so, uh, 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 I'm blank on his name all of a sudden. Who? The actor. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. I just said it. You just said it a second ago. Richard Dreyfus uh, has become like, I really like Richard Dreyfus. Cause yeah. I just realized that there's a lot of things that I, a lot of movies that he's in that I like. And I like his characters. So. He, he plays his characters. There's an element of him in every character he plays, but yeah. it's like he, he does a good job of morphing into yeah. the other thing. Like from this to what about Bob? He didn't want to do this movie. Yeah. Um, and the the studio was suggesting Jan Michael Vincent for the role. Can you imagine that? Jan Ma- Michael Jai White from Spawn? Yeah. Whoa. That was, He's pretty young at the time. He was young, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I couldn't imagine that. I can't imagine anybody but these three now. Exactly. And it's it's the perfect movie trio. I can't think of another movie where there's three stars and they're on equal footing between the three of them. Yeah. And it, it kind of goes back and forth between which of my those three are my favorite in a film. You know, there's usually the breakout star in, uh, in every film where it's like that's the star of the movie and then these are um, these are co-stars, usually lesser stars. They're all three on equal yeah. footing. Um, of course, I, I've said, like I said earlier, Quint is the one you're immediately drawn to yeah. because he's the the cool, the tough guy, the 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 hero character of the three of them. But when it comes down to it, the other two are just as much a hero yeah. character as Quint is. He's the seasoned veteran who yeah. has all this backlog of knowledge, and you kind of know it, even though he doesn't you know, doesn't necessarily say it, not up yeah. front anyway. And he's you see something of yourself in that too because you want. You want to be that. You want to be that. You, you want to be the you cool get to old sailor point. that takes out sharks. So between those two, of course, it's no secret that there was tension. There's tension between the characters, but there was tension between them, the actors, on set too. And I guess Robert Shaw uh, was very competitive with a lot of things. And so he yeah. was immediately you know, wanting to compete with uh, Richard Dreyfuss because he had just had accolades from some movie he was just in. And... Um, and he was picking on him, and Robert Shaw's a seasoned actor, you yeah. know. And and here comes this young, maybe the greatest young punk, uh, Bond villain, Bond henchman villain yeah. of all time. Because um, I, I consider him more of a hench villain than yeah. He's not a he's not the main. He's not the he's arch like the, villain, the yeah. Jaws or the Odd Job or something yeah. like that, and not really the the yeah. main main villain of For Much With Love. In my but opinion. a striking when you think of him as an actor, you think about the th- the roles that he's played. He was, I mean, never got really a leading man role really yeah he was in a movie called the swashbuckler where he was but um brilliant i quint and then um his character and from russia with grant from russia with love i mean you have like 15 years between the two or whatever it was but man he's got a that's a range he's got a range yeah and um so the dynamic between those two helped and i guess he was real antagonistic on uh on set but Richard Dreyfuss said in secret he was he was really sweet and he was a really kind well, guy. So I'm wondering if he just was doing that just to get the characters going. To get the char- well, he he studied with the guy that played um, Ben Gardner was a real uh, like fisherman sea dog type guy that was at Martha's Vineyard, and he like buddied up with like Robert Shaw buddied up with him to mm. get to to be able to act like an old sea dog, and he like yeah. they they were with each other and he studied him and, and that may have been part of it. Like it's like, okay, you can't treat, uh, you got to treat these people a certain way. Like you, an old sea dog would act like this. Yeah. And that may be part of what he was doing there is, is treating like this young and up and comer in a certain way Yeah, that the old guard of like a old fisherman would, if a new fisherman guy showed up, like a rookie yeah. showed up, 
may be part of what he's doing there. And to, to get that invested in the character to, you know, to study that and make sure you're getting everything right yeah. and studying, using the tools that are there available to you to kind of uh, learn and be that. That's I don't want to mention that Robert Shaw, it seemed like nobody really wanted to do this movie, except like I said, Roy Scheider said, I'll be in your movie, but Robert Shaw um, would do movies for the paycheck. Yeah. So it wasn't like he thought, oh, here's this great new movie and this is going to be the role of my life coming up here and I'm yeah. going to, you know, really get you know, a lot of score, a lot of points with the public on this. It was like, okay, they're going to give me a hundred grand or whatever it is. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll do it. I'll do the movie. But to apply himself in the way that he did in that movie. Yeah. Not, they, they all thought it was going to stink. I mean, they just, you know, for the whole of the shoot almost, they just thought, this is this isn't gonna work. This isn't gonna work at all. Yeah. Steven Spielberg thought he was gonna be fired. Yeah. Every single day he'd wake up being like, "We're uh, we're behind." Yeah. My Spiel balls are on the uh, on the wall here. <laughs> I'm 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 not gonna be able to make it through. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh it's really it, I mean everything that adds up to the film. Everybody thinking it wasn't gonna work and all these things going wrong. Yeah. It's just crazy that it turned out all right. Yeah. Like when you, I mean, it's just like the Star Wars. It was the same kind of deal. Where Similar, yeah. Everything was going wrong. Everything's how's this ever going to work? This is not going to work. It's this is a disaster on our hands, and those are the ones that turn out to be the classics. It, I mean, I think there's something to you know being forced to use some ingenuity and some creativity to yeah. to really make something because you don't have a choice, and it's not like that today. And I don't want to get no. too much into comparing this with modern films if you want to call them that um but uh it really shows it really says something about spielberg as a as a director and like i said especially at 27 i, I just can't imagine taking it on and I, I can't either um the movie is they they said that it all came together when he when the night when they filmed the indianapolis speech and the story with that is the backstory you know they were trying to figure out some some backstory for the character. Uh, that's another thing about this movie. The actors would go in with the screenplay writer the night before a scene was supposed to be shot and he would, they would all just throw ideas on the table yeah. and he was writing it like the night before they'd go to shoot. So it wasn't like, Hey, we've got you, the script is good and we've got weeks to prep. We're good to go. It was the night they, before they were doing it the night before and the actors were, were putting in. Yeah. And John Millis or Millinus, uh, Milnes Milnes, no, John Millis from uh, he produced um, or directed uh, Conan. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. He, was, he was friends with Spielballs, Spielball. and yeah. um, he said, hey, "What can you do about this? You know, uh, the speech, the Indianapolis." Speech. He came up with the Indianapolis speech and sent it back. And then Robert Shaw, who wrote, has written five novels, by the way. I didn't know this, but Robert Shaw was a writer too, and he wrote five novels. Wow. I didn't but know anyway, that. he he got the speech and condensed it to what it was himself yeah and um delivers that monologue and man that's it's intense that is that everything everything in the movie basically revolves around that one yeah scene. spielberg when they wanted to do the second film that's what he was going to do oh. like they were going they gave him the script they gave him the script for part two and he said i don't want to do it because of the thing and then at some point later on he was going to maybe do the second film and he was going to do the the prequel where it was Quint's story in Minneapolis from the speech. Oh man, that was going to be the movie for him. That's what he wanted to do as a sequel to Jaws. That to do wow. that would have been insane. That speech in the movie, I think, brought brought that to the public's knowledge because that wasn't a thing that was talked oh, about. Yeah. It wasn't common knowledge to my, as far as I know. And from what I heard from veterans and stuff, they said no you know they didn't talk about it really with their families and nobody really yeah knew that story so it's credited to that film for bringing that to the uh to the forefront and there's been a nick nicholas cage was in a movie about about that whole event but well robert shaw delivers it like he was there like you believe you, you believe he was there like yeah. uh, you believe that this this guy in the movie that that play is even just playing this character really was there like and he's just telling you what happened yeah. there. Um, and can you, uh, I can't remember if it's all in one take. Most of it is in one take, a good chunk of it. Yeah. Is I one think take it might, well, they may cut away to, I think they Brody do. At I think point. they do cut away to Brody. Um, but he delivers the, the, yeah, I mean, he gets a big all there. slice of it in there. And man, when I, 
man, that I mean, it makes an impact. Oh, you think does. about they're out on that boat and they're looking for this shark and they're yeah. trying to hunt this shark and it's nighttime and you've been drinking a little bit and you got the sound of the waves crashing against the boat and the sound of the pulleys banging against your masthead and all this stuff. And it's like to tell that story yeah. about what happened to those guys, the way he tells it, it's, it's spooky. It's spooky. You would not be going to sleep that night. You would just be sitting there going, I'm going to die. Yeah. Now. You would not. I'm going to, I'll be the, his friend that, that Bob's upside no down. Rest. He's been bitten in half. No yeah. rest. That's me now. And then it plays off again when it's going to, it's die. They're going to die. Like it's the boats going down. The shark's, winning and Quint goes in and he sees those two life jackets and throws them the two life jackets. Like it's signaling, this is the end it's yeah. over now. And that's, and Quint doesn't put one on. Yeah. It's like, he's, he, that's it. He's, yeah, he's giving he, it his all and he knows that it's over now. Yeah. Um, and that's when Hooper has to kind of step up and do his thing at that point because Quint's done given all he's got. I think he kind of sees that as his fate. Like, yeah. I'm destined to, this is it. I've done everything I can way. now. Now yeah. it's it's my time to go. That's probably one of the saddest deaths in a movie. Oh, for sure. You don't I want Quint to of. die. I you love you you care about all these characters. Yep. You, you wind up liking all these characters, and Quint for sure is you don't you don't want him to uh, to die. And you and you kind of think he dies hard. You kind of think that he's gonna make it. You do. And then it's sudden. It's very sudden. Like it's he just slips right down the shark's mouth. You're like, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're no, like, no, 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 second, no, 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 no. He's not supposed to die. And man, he he dies hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's so like such a quick moment. It's yeah. just all of a sudden, here's the shark. Boom, he's dead. Uh, and it's I'm kind of glad that it wasn't kind of drawn out and that it wasn't yeah. overplayed of him fighting the shark for forever and uh, you know being wounded or doing this or doing that. And not like doing a hero's death where he throws himself to the shark to save the other characters. It's just, it just happens. The boat, just, this the, is how it goes. The boat's sinking. He's yeah. on a slant. It's wet. He slips down. The into shark's there. up on there. It's chomping away. He's going to die. Leaves. Um, I'm glad Hooper survived. Hooper doesn't survive in the book. Right. Spoiler but, alert. Sorry. That's all right. Uh, right. But, I mean, come on. I think. Uh, Four years removed. Right. I yeah. think. <laughs> I think it was like. He was going to die in the movie, too. Yeah. And if you watch the movie, it is kind of... I don't want to say it's silly, because he has an oxygen tank. And yeah. He could be underwater. He could. He could hide there for a while. But um, And the shark could, is occupied with other things. Yeah. Like it's, right. So you can su suspend a little bit of yeah. disbelief and do it, but you can tell it seemed like it was meant that he was just gone, Yeah. and it was Brody was left, and they said, can't have both these guys. That, like. Quint's, Quint had to die. Yeah, that happened. That's got to happen. But bring Hooper back. Let's bring Hooper back. Let's have a little bit of a happy ending yeah. here. Um, but yeah, because without the the interactions between Brody, even though you're you're happy that Brody has killed the shark at the yeah. end, it's that little interaction at the end between Brody and and Hooper and them on those that raft thing with the barrels that leaves you feeling triumphant and yeah. happy at the end of the film is that without them going off together, you're just kind of bummed out because two of your three guys are gone. Yeah. Uh, and Brody's got nobody to interact with at the end to kind of give you that happy feeling yeah. on your way out. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the shark. Yeah. Um, well, I want to, I want to mention one thing real quick too okay. about the Hooper killing the shark at the end, but the, the thing in the, in the mouth. Smile, you, you son, son of, of a gun. gun. You son uh, of a gun. Rewatching it this time, I like how many yeah, how many times it's kind of hinted to you that that's going to be what happens. He's yeah. looking through the book. There's a shot of the one with the uh, with one of those tanks in its mouth in the book. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, then he's you know he Hooper tells him to be careful of the barrel of the the tanks. They, sh they blatantly show the right. one tank left behind, and it's it's definitely seeded in throughout the film that makes you go once Here again. It comes. Good storytelling yeah. because you can foreshadow something without it being without obvious. It being like, oh, that's going to happen. That's what's going to Because happen. they need the tanks along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the shark. The shark effect itself. The shark effect itself. I, there, you know, there's been a lot of poking fun at mm -hmm. how fake it looks. And I don't think it looks fake at all. Even in uh, um, Back to the Future 2, which yeah. is, you know, Spielberg produced that. So I'm sure it, it looks fake. So, yeah. It was a little bit of poking fun at himself, but. Um, Man, I I don't I don't know. I, I don't, don't I don't think it looks I, don't think I think it looks, it looks fake. terrifying. I think it yeah. looks that scene where he's throwing the chum and, and it, it comes and out of the water. Out, yes. 
it looks so real yeah. and so frightening. It's just like like that scene earlier that I was yeah. talking about where it's under the water and it's there was another scene too where um and I wish I could see this scene. Uh, I've only seen pictures of it, but when um Kittner, the Kittner boy, mm-hmm. when he gets killed in the movie, it's you don't see really much. He's just kind of over there and there's the water, the blood. There's a couple of still images of that the shark coming out of the water and, and killing him. Oh. It was fully they filmed it that way, and it looks terrifying. Yeah. It looks like a real picture of a shark killing a little kid. Mm. Um, and I mean, if it's if that's a deleted scene where they took that out but they didn't think it looked good enough, um, you're what you're seeing really there in the film is the best of the best, and I think it looks incredible. Yeah. Looks so real. It that's how I imagine a shark that big moving. It's yeah. kind of it's kind of lumbering. lumbering kind yeah. of how do we both just say that same word at the same because time? Because that's what it is. Yeah, uh, uh, just and like you said, the the part where he comes up when he's when he's throwing the chum over the side, man, is maybe my favorite shot of the shark yeah. because he comes up and it's like, okay, the way it would be done now is it would be it'll be. Well, yep. it'd be computer generated for one. It'd be all in your face. It would be real rapid, yeah. unrealistic, quick movements. And this is just like, hey, the shark is surfacing because it's there's hungry. a lot of blood yeah. here and there's meat. And it's just, you know, it's coming up. Yeah. And, and it just goes back down. And you don't... Uh, Watch out for that. Shoot. The phone looks like it's ringing. Sorry. Uh, um, and, it's, and it's... Perfect. We've said, used the word several times, but it really, it really gets me every time. Yeah. Even though I know it's coming, I just get a little bit of a not a jump, but a kind of a flutter. I'm like, oh man, that would be terrifying. You just and it's crazy how it got progressively worse in every movie. The shark, yeah. Which to me, it seems you know you're getting you, you've learned from this film. You learn from it. Yeah. You, you've it, all the special effects have advanced for this many years and this many years and this many years. Twelve years later, in the the fourth film. Looks way worse yeah. than that first movie. Well, it just goes to show it, using technology just because you have it doesn't doesn't really mean you doesn't should. Mean, yeah. And um, I with with Spielberg himself. I mean, everybody. Uh, this is a history lesson. Everybody can see. Even he can see. If it weren't for all these things, this movie wouldn't have been that good. Yeah. And then ignore those things later on. Like, oh yeah, but I don't. Just we'll just slip it in. We'll just slip it in with a computer. And it, it's telling too. I mean, it, it's a physical effect on the set, interacting with the actors, and it works so much better than anything I've ever seen with a CGI character interacting with actors because it always comes across that that's not really there. I mean, that may be just yeah. our age well, that makes know. us feel that way, but I, I can't. I, I can't imagine a mindset where you'd see a CGI character interacting with a real character and you know, it's CGI and it doesn't have that connection between the two of them yeah. that this does where it's like, that's really there and it's really coming up and it's really attacking. It's really killing Quinn. It's really jumping out of the water. It's really going under the water and it's really, it's there's really a, there. There's an understated shot that was also really creepy to me where you see the fin come up and then just the top of its body comes up out of the water. It's yeah. swimming along and then it's, it goes back down all the way. Yeah. Whew. Oh, it's, it's scary, once man. it goes under the water, you don't know where it That's is. That's it. It's gone. Huh. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. I want to talk about the jump scare. Okay, there's, yeah. there's two major jump scares in the movie, and one that's one of them, the chumming yeah. the water. The other one is Ben Gardner's head in the boat. Yeah, which and was a last minute addition. It scares the. If, if for anybody that hasn't seen the film, it's going to make you jump. Yeah, like it still makes me jump sometimes, even though I know it's coming. When we saw it in the theater, still jumped. I jumped, and my sister jumped too. She didn't remember it being there. But. I remember uh, I took Blaze to see it at the theater and he had known about the jump scare. He knew about this head that floats out of the water and I convinced him before he went in. I was like, no, 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 that's the sequel where that happens. That's in the sequel. And so it got him like big time because he wasn't expecting it. Uh, but I think it, had I not even tricked him, it still would have got him because it's like, it's just a quiet moment and you, you're not expecting it to happen. And that head quick. comes out of the water yeah. and it's like, Oh my gosh, it's just you jump out of your seat. Yeah. And it's it's cool to see in an environment with a lot of people that don't know it's coming because there's so many people that jump. It's the, the yeah. most effective jump scare of all time. That was a last minute addition that Spielberg wanted. And it's great. And they filmed it in a pool. They put a little milk in there to make it murky and Yeah. Yeah, it was a good addition. And good. that that prop I think they take the Jaws conventions or something still. The, oh, okay. Then Gardner Head. It's like one of the 
most famous props now mm. from films because of that incredible jump scare that yeah. they get out of it. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, uh, it's, I don't know what, what else we can say about the movie, about how perfect it is and how everything comes together beautifully in the film. Yeah. Uh, that, I mean, it's just, that, that's all there is to it. It's just, it's perfect. Uh, I think a combination of, you know, Spielberg being uh, naturally a good director and those actors really, everybody was at the top of their game. I mean, um, Scheider, we're going to need a bigger boat. I mean, that's maybe the most quoted line and he improvised. Yeah. That. And he's terrified or, in that scene. Yeah. It's, it's, he's in a state of shock, like just backing up and not saying anything. It's just, uh, man, I can't imagine it being any better than what it is. I can't Little things like I, when, when they're, they're putting the ropes on the cleats and then the rope uh, traps, uh, Hooper's legs and he t- screams yeah. out in pain. It's just little shots, like little things like that. It's just like, it shows an experience and yeah. how scared and nervous, uh, Brody is at the time that he's doing these things. Um, building the tension with, um, things that aren't, wouldn't normally be scary. Like there's the part where, uh, Quint is trying to, he's going to shoot the shark with the harpoon and he's got a, a line tied to it. Yeah. And, and on the other end, they're supposed to be tied <laughs> the barrels, but it's not tied. Yeah. And Hooper is, don't wait for me. Don't wait yeah. for me. Yeah. And he's trying to tie it. And you're like, is he, he going to get it done? Is he going to get it done? It's, it's so tense. I, I watch this movie once, maybe twice a year. Yeah. And it's still, and, and I just, it's, I watched all four in the last so couple good. days. Yeah. And, some of them were a challenge to get through. Oh, let's, let's Jaws, even though I've watched it a million times, not a challenge whatsoever. It went by in a flash. I mean, it's that's the mark of a good movie, man. You can go back to it again and again, and there's no parts where you're like, ah, I'm going to skip this part. I've seen this a bunch of times. I know it's going to happen. You're just in for the ride every time. Yeah. And it doesn't ever feel like it's, it's an adventure movie more than a horror movie. It definitely movie. is. Now, the second film, you want to move on? Yeah, now? let's talk about the sequels. The and- second film is more of a horror film. Than, the, than a suspense film. I I felt like the sequel was more what was supposed to be or what was intended, you know, before the shark wasn't working. And yeah. Because it's it's more just like one shark attack and then let's try and get to the next shark attack. And Al- it, although... It, it feels a lot like a Friday the 13th movie too because you got all these teenagers yeah. and they're, they're out having a, fun. An entity and, that's coming out to stop their fun and take them out one by one. Um, it really feels like a kind of slasher horror movie yeah. that Brody is kind of weaved into yeah. and Roy Scheider is still doing a great job. He's, he's taken the Brody characters the next one, even though he didn't want to do the movie, yeah. it was contractually that he had to do another movie. He backed out on some movie from universal hmm. and uh, they were going to sue him for it. Oh. And they said, unless you want to do jaws two, And so he was like, okay, fine. I'll do jaws. He's 2. one of the reasons why I don't mind jaws two. I like jaws two. It has, um, it has things going for it. It does. It has, still has a practical shark. It does. It's not um, as good as the first shark. It still has some neat, some neat shots where the shark comes up and uh, bite. Where he's attacking that boat. Yeah, all those kids are out on the boat and they have to. They're out stranded, kind of floating on their boats. Yeah, they've got a pieces of the boats all yeah. joined together. I, I like that it's it's a definite continuation of the first film. It's yeah. the same setting, same characters. It has the same feel as far as it film totally does. Stuff. Um, and I think had you it, there's in this movie. If you just watch, I feel this way about Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Where if you just watched this by itself and you weren't comparing it to the first one, you would probably look at this in a better light. Pretty You'd good. You'd probably not judge it as harshly because the first film is perfect. Yeah. Just like the first Ghostbusters is perfect. Yeah. Jaws is perfect. So any movie that comes after a perfect movie is going to be judged by that first movie standard, and it's impossible to live up to it. You can't. It, it's it's almost impossible for a sequel to live up to a, a perfect predecessor. You just can't do it. So even if it's a great film, even if it's a really, really good film, even if it's a, a good film, it's going to be judged way more harshly because yeah. of what came before it. So if you just watch Jaws 2 by itself and you had Jaws 1 out of your mind, and didn't, if it didn't even exist and you were just watching Jaws 2 as a shark movie, you'd be like, this is a, this is a really good shark movie. Good. You know, I'm enjoying yeah. this. This is a good disaster shark movie. Yeah. Um, and so in that regard, I like Jaws 2. Yeah. It doesn't have Quint. It mentions Hooper. But everybody else is there. I think it's an all it's it's an adequate sequel. Yeah. And like I said, I watch Jaws somewhat regularly, and it's nice to to follow it up every once in a while. To kind of go in, yeah, go into the a little further into the story. There are some things in Jaws too that I'm kind of like, what? 
though, and that's for one thing is the mayor. The mayor is the worst mayor of all time in any film ever. Yeah. In both films. Yeah. In the first movie, he messes up big time and people die because of it. Yeah. And he shows somewhat remorse when Brody like and his, calls him out. And his position is understandable. He's got to do movie. certain things. Because in the second movie, his position is not understandable. Right. <laughs> because Brody is telling him flat out, dude, there is a shark. Right. I'm not playing around. It's a shark. And he's still kind of like, well, let's not let's not get out of hand here, Brody. Let's we don't want trouble. We don't want to we want to be able to make some sales here on some 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 property and, it's, and do some things. It's like Ghostbusters two again, where yeah, where the mayor, where the mayor doesn't buy he's, he doesn't buy it. Like he's right. like, ah, you guys are full of baloney. <laughs> it's the the Jaws mayor. He's he's gone right back into his old habits and he's being a jerk again. And the guy that Ellen Brody works for, who is that guy? Like, what's he have to do with anything? Mm. He seems like he's a bigwig around town, but we've already got the mayor. We need this other jerk with, like, a weird <laughs> bad toupee thing going yeah. to be, like, the secondary mayor guy. We uh, need a secondary we mayor. We need a secondary mayor guy. This one jerk mayor is not enough. We need a secondary <laughs> jerk guy. And it seems like you're going to get a payoff because it seems like that guy is kind of moving in on Ellen Brody a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you're going to get some kind of payoff where Brody's going to be able to, like, get in his face and be, like, punch him or something yeah. like that. And it never happens. He kind of goes... I'm really sorry, Ellen, about what I did. And she's like, you should be sorry. And that's about it. And that guy doesn't have any comeuppance. <laughs> you want that guy to have comeuppance. You want that guy yeah. to get eaten by the shark. But it never happens. Yeah. Um, neither the mayor or the secondary mayor guy get any kind of comeuppance in the movie. And I wish they would have just kept playing the mayor into other films and still like going <laughs> right back into it again and again. Like, ah, come on. Let's be quiet about this. We've got a good chance here to sell we got a parade that's going to happen. We can't let people know. We got t-shirts made. We, we got, got a lot of things we got to do here. Yeah. Uh, those those are the big question marks for me in the movie. And also the ages of the kids. I know it's like three or four years later. Yeah, it's hard to gauge. It seems like they kind of yeah. jump big time. Especially Michael. He seems like he's gotten a lot older yeah. in the second film. But, I mean, they do, uh, they, have, they do let you know that time has passed. It's not the next day. It's been, what, four years or something in between yeah. the two. Um and I like the the whole teenager slasher movie yeah, sure. thing. It's a good follow-up to that. And the people that are making the movie, they said, well, we're going to show the shark more. The director did. It's because you're never going to have that big reveal and that build-up from the first movie. That's so true. might as well show it more. Yeah. Because we're never going to be able to do what that first film did. Which is admitting you know, that there's a fault in doing the sequel and doing your best to overcome that fault. Yeah. Um, music's good. The shark eats a helicopter, and that's the shark does eat a really helicopter. Really cool. That's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Pretty, I'm not expecting. Uh, it doesn't have the jump scares or the quality or the the first film has, but it is a I think a worthy sequel. Yeah, to Jaws. It's in the same vein of Ghostbusters two and Halloween two. Yeah. I think it's a worthy kind of tacking yeah, on. Yeah, here's another one. If you want to watch two in a row every once in a while, then go ahead and throw Jaws two in. Yeah. You probably won't be disappointed. Okay. You'll probably be able to enjoy yourself. That's okay. Then we get to Jaws three. Uh, Unless you have something else to say about Jaws 2. No, that's it on Jaws 2. Jaws 3. It feels like such a departure from the first two films for me. It doesn't even feel like it continues the story. Even though it's Michael and Sean, they they could have been called somebody else and you would have never noticed. Right. You would have never noticed. I think... It feels like it has no connection to the first two films whatsoever, other than those names. Yeah. Because they're not like... They don't feel like they carry the weight of the first two films with them. Like they don't. They don't. It, and it just feels like I work. I work at SeaWorld now, and I'm an engineer. Right. But maybe you explain that by you want to be able to keep large predators in pre- captivity or something like that, or that yeah. you want to that you've taken what you, what's happened to you after your this family, scenario. Yeah, I, I don't and you carried it forward. Happen, it's, there's no bearing. I think there's one mention where he says, "I know sharks. My brother and I and my father know sharks." Right. But that's about it. Yeah. It's it, it feels like the same as Halloween 3 is no connection to Halloween 1 and 2. It feels like that. Lord Jaws 3 is just kind of like, well, we'll call them the Brodies. Call them the Brodies. We'll just call them the Brody Boys. The, the Brody Boys. Why not? Um, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I when, as I was watching it, it wasn't as bad as I yeah. kind of thought because the shark looks terrible in a lot. It I looks mean, awful. It just looks awful. And that has to do with the 3D technology a lot. Yeah. Is that they were using the, um, at that time, that's when uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 happened in a, a 3D film. There's another one, the big one at that time too, and I can't remember what it is. But that was where 3D is kind of come was coming back. And they were looking at things that they could use this new 3D technology yeah. on. Jaws 3 and Friday the 13th Part 3. Friday the 13th Part 3 used it way better. 
than Jaws 3 did. Well, not only was it 3D, but what was the technology they used for the shark? I don't think it was a practical shark in a lot of it was. Or was it? It was filmed like not in the water, but yeah. they filmed it as a maquette or something. They did they to be able to do the, the the separate compositing for the 3D. Yeah. But a lot of times it's completely static, and I think it has to do with the compositing for the 3D. Yeah. Is that it had to be really static, or the 3D yeah. imaging wouldn't work somehow. So it's not like somebody's hand, you know, that you could actually film. Yeah, it moving. It, it but it was really it's bad. awful, especially the closing scene where it bursts through the glass is oh. one of the most awful special yeah. effects of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's truly awful. Yeah. It's just like a, a gray blob, and the actors have to kind of try and sell it's coming at them, and then they do it in slow mo too, which makes it. Ten times worse. Yeah. Because it like hangs on this like unmoving shark and then the glass piece is just kind of like, go away. There's no impact. It's just like, right. it's inside now. It's really bad. Really bad. But I, I want to say that visually it has some things going for it. I mean, one has got young Dennis Quaid. Yeah, which we talked about today. Talked, uh, Dennis know, Quaid. I, I, like, like, Dennis I just Quaid. like Dennis Quaid. I like watching him. I wish he'd had that big, big role. Yeah. From the 80s, we were talking about this earlier, that, you know, Tom Cruise got and a, a bunch of the other big name 80s, yeah. big stars got that big role. Dennis Quaid needed to have one of those because he's a really good actor yeah. and he's got that charm and that presence it that just, would work yeah. for one of those big time roles like a like a Kurt Russell in Big Trouble in Little China. Dennis Quaid needed one of those kind of roles. He never got it, yeah. it feels like. I was telling you that I, will, I always saw him as as Green Lantern. Like I thought he would have been a, an amazing Green Lantern in his heyday. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he's doing the same things here that that would have worked for that kind of character. Yeah. Uh, I, and it's it's a shame that he's trapped in this. It's film. just it's yeah it's it's not a very engaging film. But what I was appreciating about it was um, some of the locations. I liked that it was not. At Amity again. I like that I, too. I like the SeaWorld aspect. I like I'm being, surprised that SeaWorld agreed to be in the movie. Yeah, because it's a disaster. It's a, for, a huge disaster. <laughs> um, like, it's like, don't go to SeaWorld because you might get eaten by a shark. Right. And SeaWorld was like, you know what? Okay, that's cool. We'll put our name in it. <laughs> it's our park. Film here and let people know they might die if they show up. I remember seeing this one on TV quite a bit. And uh, the scene where they're in the glass tunnel to, uh, always yeah. kind of stuck with me, even though I... I didn't remember the shark. I must have blocked it out. But Which I think really was at SeaWorld. I think they really have yeah. that, that underwater tunnel thing. I think right. it's closed off now, but I think they really that was really part yeah. of the park. Can you imagine walking through that old tunnel after being closed off and being like, can you imagine walking through it now? Yeah. It's pretty creepy. Oh, I, I could imagine going there like, after seeing the movie and being like, I'm not getting in there. I saw what happened to people in Jaws. Yeah, I saw Jaws 3. I saw Jaws 3 in 3D. I saw it in 3D. I know what happens if you go in these tunnels. <laughs> you're probably going to get trapped with a bunch of old ladies. Yep. And it's going to flood, and you're going to almost die. Yep. And if Dennis Quaid can't weld it back together again, we're going to die here. That's right. So, no thanks. Nah. I'm not doing that. No thanks. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr., uh, doing an, uh, he's in it. He's fine in it. I I like a lot of the things. Leah about Thompson's it. in it. Leah Thompson is in. It. That's a big bonus. That's a plus to me. Um, I think there's some there's some cool like '70s early '80s cars in it that are filmed like like a lot of the stuff that's peripheral to yeah. the the story in the film. I I like and it has a film quality. It's like this is an old charming movie that yeah, I it's can, like an '80s like this is an '80s. Just movie. don't call it Jaws. Get into it. It has nothing to do. The first two jaws. Oh, the shark if this really was and the- shark attack, yeah, in three D, I would appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, it, it's not in the same regard. I just talked about how Ghostbusters two, the Brody Boys, Halloween two, and all those. Yeah. This is so far below Jaws one and two, and such a different movie that it really—it's a detriment that it's called a Jaws. That it's called Jaws three. It should have just been Shark Attack in 3D. It seems like an obvious, you know, the studios really got a hold of it this time, and they're yeah. just capitalizing they on it. They just crapped out a, a movie, because they mean. wanted to do a shark movie with 3D yeah. effects. And it's it's really weird to think about the relation of the, the different sharks mm-hmm. in each film. So the first film, and they don't really say this in the movies, but in the, the novels they talk about it, is in Jaws novelizations. Jaws 2, that is Bruce, is what they call the first Jaws yeah. shark. It's Bruce's mate in the second film. They don't address that in the movie, but they address that in, in the novel. The third movie, the shark has no relation whatsoever to the other sharks. So even that's even more of a complete disconnect in this yeah. movie that the shark has no connection. I'm okay to the with that. sharks. I kind of don't like the like. I'm kind of okay with it too, but it's just one more thing where yeah. it's like 
It's not. Don't call it Jaws. Like really it has cool. nothing to do with the first two Jaws. It's nothing. It's, it's got the Brody Boys. It's got the Brody Boys, but By it name. could be totally two totally different Brody Boys. Right. It's not the same Brody Boys you saw in the first two movies. It's two other Brody Boys that we found, and they like sharks too. Yeah. Not really capitalizing on no. the, what they have laid at their uh, feet. Jaws four. Jaws four. The revenge. Okay. I'm going to make a bold statement and I'm going to stand behind it. I prefer Jaws Revenge to really? Jaws 3. I do. After rewatching it today, I, I appreciate it more than I do Jaws 3. Maybe. I can watch Jaws, Jaws 2, Jaws Revenge and be, hmm. be that's the choice. Even when they were, I think some of the press things they had for the film, they even called it the third part of the Jaws trilogy. Oh. Because it goes back to Brody's wife is, is the right. main character. Now. And I feel like the boys are the same boys that you've carried forward. This seems like a direct sequel to Jaws 2. Yeah. And they've completely eliminated Jaws 3, which is the right move. Because the characters are in different places than when they were in Jaws 3. Yeah. Um, it's ignored that kind of stupidness that they took those two characters and had no connection whatsoever. And just went, look, okay, we're going to pretend like Jaws 3 didn't happen. This is Jaws. This is the new Jaws 3. And that's yeah. why I don't think they call it Jaws 4. Because they didn't want to be connected to Jaws 3. They wanted it to be the next Jaws. Yeah. And so it feels like way more of a sequel. It's a bad sequel, but it feels way more connected to the first two movies for me. Uh, I have to admit, I saw the trailer and I thought, that looks like it could be good. It's yeah. got, uh, who's, the, who's the guy? Lance Guest from uh, the, last, uh, the Last Starfighter. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. Michael uh, Caine? Michael Caine. Yeah. yeah. Michael Caine. I was like, Michael Caine's in it. Yeah. Brody's wife is back. It looks like some cool... Seeing some cool practical stuff goes on. The effects are better than Jaws three. Yeah, so I, I could not make it through the movie. And I tell you what, I don't. Something about the story was like I don't know what it's, it's like. Silly. Once they get to the boat, but it just seemed like there was a lot of, you know, that that point of view camera yeah. that's moving through the water looked way more hokey than it did because it's like he's intentionally stalking. I mean, it yeah. is the revenge of the shark. It the is. Shark and, and okay, so this, so the fourth movie, this this shark is supposed to be the child. Of the first two sharks. Right. This is the top and, right. and for some reason, it's never really explained. It's silly and it's ridiculous. It's hunting the Brody family. Mm -hmm. Once you get past that, the fact that the shark is hunting the Brody family, it's not a completely awful film. It'd be easy to avoid being hunted by a shark. You just it stay would. Out you just stay out of the water. And they probably should. And she tries yeah. to convince them to stay out of the water. The younger son has become the sheriff of Amity. So there's still a connection to Amity. The older son is now an oceanographer. Like he mm -hmm. studies, and that kind of would make sense that he would take his experiences and kind of want to study like ocean. It, like life. it should have been in the third, yeah. Movie. Instead of being an engineer at SeaWorld, um, and the, the the I think that the the throw the the callbacks to the first two films. There's some sequences where um, you actually get flashbacks yeah. to like the scene that I was talking about earlier, where Brody's doing the hand signals with Sean. And she's kind of thinking about that after Sean is killed by the shark. Um, and that has an emotional pull to it because you're, you're reminded of that scene and how emotionally well it worked. And then there's the sequence where he's doing it, where Michael's doing it with his daughter at the table. And she's watching, just like she'd watched in the first movie, them interacting and doing that thing. And it's like, okay, I, I feel maybe the story is flawed. But these actors are making the best of it. And there is some kind of emotional thing that they're playing on here. Yeah. They're taking you back to those first two films because they know that's going to work. Uh, these filmmakers know that they are, they've got to use every tool they've got now for this film because it's, there's certain things that aren't working. And that's the plot's not working. Some of the effects aren't working. Um, so throw back to these things to kind of make it work. And the, the end sequence with the shark where she decides to go towards the shark instead of away from the shark. She's replaying in her mind mm -hmm. Martin going after the shark and the shark killing Sean and it's taking her over there. And that's because that last sequence was so poor. Like the effects are so bad, but this kind of takes you away from those effects and puts you into an emotional mm -hmm. battle between her and the shark. And you kind of think less of the effects I'll at that point. I'll try it. I'll try it another it's time. Better. I'll try it. It's another better than time. Jaws three. Yeah. In my opinion, it is better than Jaws three. You can completely ignore Jaws three. It never happened. Yeah. And at least this takes you with the Ellen Brody character. There are some silly things with her and Michael Caine and their relationship and dating and how Michael doesn't really like it. And it's kind of this weird where they have to kind of fill the movie a bit with some mm -hmm. kind of story. 
Um, there's some really silly Jamaican accents from Art of Impeables that's, oh, yeah. that's yeah. over the top. Um, and the shark effects aren't that great. There's actually a, a, a YouTube video you should check out where, and I, I'm also kind of against CGI, but these people are taking the film and, and the shots where the shark looks really bad and they're filling in with the CGI mm. shark, but they're not going overboard. They're just they're fixing kind of, they're fixing it yeah. where they're making it look a little more realistic. And it's not, the shark isn't doing crazy things. They're doing the same shots with yeah. the same movements, but not making it look so awful hmm. as their shark does in, in Jaws Revenge. Um, but, it, and you watch that and you're like, okay, well maybe there is something in this movie that's better. And I feel the same way about Star Trek five. I like Star Trek five. The effects are horrible. The search for Spock. But if you, and I, th but so many people just focus on those effects and they don't really look at the rest of the story in the movie that they judge it harshly because the effects are so bad. And maybe there's something there in Jaws Revenge mm. that you get past the really bad effects yeah. and it's like, okay, well maybe this is a better movie than people are giving you credit for. You know, I'll give, I'll give it another, you should try. give it another world. It's I'll try it again. It's, it's not, it's nowhere near the first two movies. It's I won't really think not. that. Don't ever think I that. I won't go in thinking that. But it is nice to see a capper on the family and, uh, that it carries forward their story and not just their names. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. Jaws the Revenge. Jaws the Revenge. Hmm. Okay, so we're already at an hour. Okay. But there are a couple other little quick Jaws things to mention. Yeah. The Nintendo game, which was horrible. I think there was another game where you actually play as the shark for, like, uh, Xbox, maybe? Okay. You hunt the shark? I can't remember. There's been a few Jaws games. Um, there was a Jaws board game where you had, like, the shark, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And then there's the reaction figures, which are the best. Those are the those are Jaws merchandise. There is. Uh, there's also the movie Maniacs, where it's the orca yeah. and Quint being eaten by the shark. That was pretty cool. That was great. That was a really cool display. And I, we had that at the shop, and yeah. it was like 15 bucks, oh, and so nobody would buy it. Back then, yeah. I wish I would have bought it, because it's now really it's expensive. really expensive. Because it's really your only mass market orca. Yeah, there's no other orca. There's no other orca unless you want to pay out the wazoo for like a model kit or something. Or I don't want to pay out the wazoo for one. replica. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that one's really cool because it's, I used to not appreciate the McFarlane, like yeah. where they capture just a moment as a statue. Yeah. But now looking back at it, I also wish I'd have got that. You would like to have, like, you could have an orca sitting on your shelf. You could have an orca the, sitting there with Quint being you know, eaten by Bruce. That, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It, that was neat. It was neat. It was funny as that movie was a, a merchandising, uh, Cash cow. I mean, there was a ton of merchandise. Oh, yeah. But there weren't any action figures or dolls or anything at the time. Yeah, and you look at those reaction. Had they come out back in the 70s, people yeah. would have gobbled those up, man. Yeah. I would have had those as a kid. I would have gone back and tried to find them at yeah. flea markets. They stuff. gobbled them up now. They gobbled them up now. It's the only reaction figures that are worth anything. Yeah. Is that one because it it they look good for one thing. Yeah. And there's a true connection to what it was back then. Like that's the stuff that would have would have came out back then. That's how they would have looked. And that's how they should have came out back then. Yeah. Um, um, in the void. A quick mention I want to make is uh, it's not a spinoff, but the they were uh, after Jaws. They were the studio was uh, desperate to capitalize on the success of Jaws and and uh, and whatever else Peter Benchley might have had, and yeah. so they got the movie uh, the, based on the book, The Deep. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's uh it's a little adventure movie which is on this um caribbean tropical cape town and nick nolte and jacqueline Bissett are divers on vacation they're on their honeymoon i guess or on vacation and they find these ampules of morphine from this lost shipwreck and it's like this big thing and there's these mobsters on the island that are after them oh, and, yeah. and robert shaw there he is is the um the guy on the island who knows the most about this stuff and has been looking for the treasure, and he's very much a Quint type yeah. character. And no, it never gets a mention because it's—you could say it's a lesser because it's not Jaws, but um, it's kind of a forgettable, uh, forgotten, thrown away movie. But I really like it, and for the aesthetic, once again, the you know that all the sunshine and the, all the underwater shots and the diving and. Um, it kind of reminds me of like live and let die. You know, you have the, the Island stuff yeah, yeah. and there's the, uh, but I think it's Lewis Gossett Jr. Is the, the villain in this too. Yeah. It's like a, That's a he's like a villain that has this voodoo heritage. And so yeah. there's a lot of like, he does some voodoo stuff with Jacqueline Bissett That's cool. and it just, 
there's a lot of there's a lot going for it. So if, as a side note, like it's another Peter Benchley mo- novel that they were trying to capitalize on the success of Jaws and Robert Shaw is in it too. So it's kind of like you get a little bit more quint if you if you want that. I have another side note. There's a YouTube series that I watch called Defunct Land, mm-hmm. and they explore old retired amusement park rides and the stories that went behind the creation of them and then the eventual mm. demise of them. And they have one on the Jaws ride at Universal Studios, which is another big, big piece of the Jaws yeah. mythos is that that ride at Universal Studios. It's great. It's it's probably a 10-minute video, but it's fantastic. It, it tells you all about how it was at one park and then it came here and the, the problems they had with it, just like the real movie, making the shark mm. work for multiple rides throughout a day, you know, and... Um, Man, it's great. Defunct Land, Jaws. I looked Look it up, up on YouTube. It's a lot of fun to watch. I, I I love Defunct Land. They did one on Ghostbusters. It was really good. And they did one on um, uh, this really, this one that was Superstar Limo. And I can't believe that ride was even going to exist. Superstar Limo. Superstar Limo at Disneyland, I think it was. Oh. Um, it was like a paparazzi chase with the limo chasing you. Oh. And it was like ready to come out right when Princess Di was killed oh. in a paparazzi chase. And they had to scramble to change this ride to distance themselves from Jeez. that. It's a great series. It's a really great I'll series. Check on it YouTube. Out. Um, yeah. Defunct land jaws. I also want to say thanks to blaze for always listening to the show. Yep. Uh, he was so excited when he heard we were going to do this episode. He's like, I cannot wait. He said it every, ever since I said, I, I think we're going to do jaws. He's been talking about, I can't wait to hear this episode. It's my favorite movie. Can't wait for this episode. I hope we didn't disappoint you. Oh, I he's not. I don't he's know not that we could have said anything that you didn't he's, know. He's easily our most devoted and, appreciated fan because yeah. he always he really listens to the whole episode again and again and again and it's just it's really nice, it's really nice. So, agreed thanks dude all right all right oh and uh if you agree with us on our assessment of the jaws films if you think i'm crazy for appreciating jaws the revenge more than jaws 3 get on to facebook.com slash action features and interact tell us what you think tell us what movie you want to hear next that kind of stuff yeah all right all right cool well Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders to sail back to Boston. So.